Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Point of Origin, episode 19, the show where if DHDs were equipped with speakers, this episode could be summed up with recalculating, 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 <laughs> fuck, 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 recalculating, <laughs> and then of course it would be in another language, so it would, they would still be screwed, so the show premise would still happen. To be fair, there'd have to be like a longer pause between the recalculatings, <laughs> because it's always just long enough that by the time it finishes loading the new recalculation, you're already, already past yeah. where you can actually take that turn or whatever. Yeah, that would be the worst. <laughs> I guess it's a good thing that the Stargate kind of, you know, deposits you somewhere. So when it needs to recalculate, you're not already moving. <laughs> they just be oh god, okay. If they were equipped with a speaker, first thing they do is like, you know, like in England, for example, like on the tube, the subway, the tube, they have you know, mind the gap. That kind yeah, of shit. Yeah. It would be don't move while we make sure you deposited you in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> Stop moving. Get back here. Fucker, you're on the wrong planet. Stop walking away. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they're technically on the exact right planet. <laughs> technically. <laughs> Uh, seriously though, this episode is an awesome one. On that note, I'm Liz and I'm Mel, and this is uh, I think one of our mutual absolute favorites. It's, it's a good one. It's I, a nice, strong episode. It's funny. A while ago, <laughs> weeks ago, you know, when we were you know barely into this, you said something about you know something something. I can't wait for ten minutes. I can't wait for solitudes. And you made a comment about how they were both in season yeah. one, and that was like really because every time I rewatched the show in the past. It was um wherever I could scrounge up episodes, right? I never knew like what season they were or anything like that, you know? It mm-hmm. was just whatever I could find. And so I never actually really paid attention to like what season they were. And later I watched them all, you know, in order actually and I, much later I had like a much more cognizant idea of what was what and so on. But when I used to rewatch I wasn't paying attention to that. So I really just didn't think about where the episode took place. I'm amazed this is season one, because honestly, in the past, I used to think that was like a couple seasons in, maybe, because they seemed so structured. It was just really well done, you know? Yeah. Well formulated, well everything. Yeah, there's a lot of season one where I'm like, huh, like, I, I know, thought that was in season two. Right? I know we've had like this conversation, a very a various form of this, you know, in several episodes now, especially as we get towards the end of season one, where you can just tell, like, you can just see that quality shoot up. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I just, I love it. And I love that, I just, I really do love that this was filmed during a time where they were on Showtime, because I mentioned it a couple times now, they really benefited from that budget. No, the budget, yeah. Because they got to go to Pemberton, Ice Fields, God. Oh, yeah, you, you I was so excited. The, oh. You can see that it's not like a soundstage right? or anything. You can't really fake that kind of stuff. No. But I just, I love it. I'm excited. And it's a great episode, and of course, that one was a great prank that Amanda Tapping played. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm just happy. Alrighty, not season no, six. No, this is your show, so I was like, listen, you could do the hey, thing. Hey, this is my episode of Awesome. Yeah, hence why you're sitting here on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to keep my computer from beeping in the middle of a recording, thanks. Okay, well, in that case. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is episode 18, according to the DVDs, I don't know. Yeah, I've kind of given up trying to keep track anymore, like I used to say. Well, according to this, it's one, according <laughs> yeah. to this, it's the other. Fuck it. For us, it's the DVDs. Therefore, it's episode 18, Solitudes. Um, alright, it's actually not a bad summary. Following a Stargate technical defect. Yeah, that's fair. Alright. It's not technically a defect. It's that it got confused. Anyway, sorry. Following a Stargate technical defect, O'Neill and Carter (laughs) find themselves stranded on an icy wasteland. O'Neill is severely wounded, both are freezing to death, and nobody can find the section of the universe in which they are stranded. Yeah, that's that's a full fair, stop. That's, that's great. A, that's a good summary. See, that's it how you. It do doesn't give away too much, uh huh? Because we've got a lot of summaries that give away like the quote unquote Everything? twist immediately. Yeah, like granted, a lot of the twists happen within like the first 
seven minutes of the episode, right. but still. Right. Well, it's like, uh, here we go. For example, Bloodlines. <laughs> Ryan needs a larva to survive, and the only one available is Teox. Yeah, exactly. That's just, you, you, you gave spoiled him. the end of the... <laughs> That's the entire episode, yeah. is this kid needs one to live, now Teox is screwed. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, everything else is sidelined, so... <laughs> Ugh, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that one, because honestly, yeah, no one knows where they are. It's quite literally true. Yeah. That's the entire episode premise. It's good. It's great. No, honestly, I think this is probably the best, um, episode summary yeah. we've had so far. Honestly, the only thing I have a problem with, and this has been a problem of mine for, you know, a long time, is whenever any kind of episode happens in the, you know, shows like this, we've had a conversation a million times about tropes and cliches and so on, and that's just a necessity of writing. Mm-hmm. I absolutely detest... That no matter what the show, no matter what the genre, no matter what the premise, whenever you have a stranded type storyline, you either have one of two things in that same episode. Either someone's dangerously wounded and is dying. Yeah, I was about to say, was about to say someone's really pregnant. injured. Oh, God. Or there's someone pregnant and about to go into labor. Honestly, I shit you not, that's like the go-to. <laughs> they have that um, one in Brief Candle. See? <laughs> My point exactly. No matter what, there's always there, one no of one these two things. trapped in Brief Well, yeah, you I mean, they kind of were, weren't yeah. they? What I mean by trapped, though, like, by pregnant, I mean, is that when they're trapped in that kind of precarious situation, someone's either grievously wounded or they're pregnant and yeah. going into labor. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you don't need the added sense of urgency. Being trapped in a frozen wasteland is enough. Yeah, because you could... Right. But, but they want they want to add the extra episode... tension of her having to take care of him at the same time. Yeah, but, like, the thing is, being like you said, being uh, trapped in a frozen wasteland is... Enough. Not, <laughs> about enough. Because they do play into the whole temperature drop. Exactly. Like, dude, they're in a fucking icy cave of death. He and didn't she, need to also be injured. I know. It's just, it's it's an unnecessary thing. There's other things you can do to add and tension. I understand, There's other things. I understand that they do it to give Sam the Sense of freedom. urgency and everything. Well, there's urgency, but there's also, it gives Sam the freedom to be the one in charge a little bit. Right. But, considering the problem is a technical difficulty, she, already she would still be in charge. <laughs> and he has, he's never been that character type who's... No. Maybe if it was still Kurt Russell's character, he would oh, be yeah, like yeah. the guy who's I'm in charge because I'm in charge. It's, no, I need to call back. When judge, when, I, I, I must call back to um, uh, First Commandment, mm-hmm. where everyone kept telling him no, one right after the other. He's like, and am he I jokingly just... said, "Does does it say Colonel?" I was like, "He's like the eagle must be missing. I must be, <laughs> it must not be here." Honestly, like, when it comes to that, you know, that uh, this is a slight tangent. I know, but the only time that I've ever had an equally funny rank <laughs> joke. There we go type of joke like that. It was mm-hmm. also a Stargate show. Um, not the same kind of joke, thankfully, but it was uh, at some point, and this is a spoiler, but at some point in uh, season three-ish, whatever, in Atlantis, um, yeah. Shepard gets promoted from major to lieutenant colonel. Oh, damn. And thankfully it's not too much of a spoiler because, you know, it's fucking, he's still the military commander type on the, on the mission who gives a shit. But he's just, he's the kind of guy who, like, he likes that he got promoted. He's really happy about he it. So he just constantly brings it up. <laughs> And I'm so, sure McKay is so pleased. You've got that nail on the head. Because <laughs> <laughs> McKay literally is the one who brings it up as the cliche. Like, the first few scenes of the episode, he's just like, oh, did he bring it up to you? Like, somebody mentions the thing, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, because you know that Colonel Shepard. <laughs> like, he's just being a little bitch about it. But everyone's just giving me, like, knowing smiles because he brings it up. He goes, oh, did I mention that when I was promoted? And I'm just like, <laughs> you don't say. I hadn't heard yet. <laughs> but that's, like, the second kind of, like, funny rank joke I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. One first one will always be, is it Saint Colonel? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I'm getting such sass. What the hell? Right. But yeah, followed by you know, Major Shepard. It's great. <laughs> Actually, I just remembered. You know what the best part about that is? What? In general, Major Shepard is introduced as a character 
he's the guy flying uh, Jack yeah. to the ice field. Oh, yeah, yeah. When they find the gate. Yeah, I remember that episode. Yeah, I love it. Because that one's an actual uh, SG-1 episode. episode. Yeah. Well, no, no. The, the uh, premiere of Atlantis is actually him in the in the helicopter with uh, O'Neill. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like an episode zero kind of thing. No, it's not, not, right? not the backdoor pilot. Not the backdoor, the actual pilot of Atlantis. Oh. I don't know. If, well, have I seen the pilot? You probably did. They were happening very, very, like, they were like, that was the heyday of Stargate, so they were happening constantly. Maybe, I feel like that episode had a weird thing where it was, Crossover. it was both the pilot and also an episode in SG-1. No, no, that was one right before that. That was a backdoor pilot, there was a, there was a backdoor pilot in SG-1, and like the next day, Atlantis aired, and it was a continuation of the plot. But it I was think in Atlantis. I must have seen the yeah. pilot, but nothing else. Well, I guess we'll decide it in a few years when we finally start Atlantis. <laughs> <laughs> it's just great. They're, they're great character types, and they go together. And I had nothing to do with the episode we're watching, so I'm done now. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. You're good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm excited for the episode, honestly. There's really much preamble to it, because it's a straightforward episode. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like like we said, the uh, summary was real good. Yeah. I guess we're gonna go watch it now. Mm-hmm. Well, that was easy. Uh, the satisfying feeling of watching an episode and being, yep, this is exactly what I remember and it's just as fucking good. Yeah, exactly. Although I will say that um, my memory tends to combine this episode sometimes with the one where Teal'c gets stuck in the wormhole. Really? And they have to bring McKay in. Huh. Just because of the fact that- Was that McKay's introductory episode? Yeah. Fuck. Dude, sorry, continue. <laughs> Just because of the fact that it's, like, a problem with the technology of yeah. the gate. Yeah. And just sometimes <laughs> I think, yeah, then they bring McKay in to try and help find him because Sam's not there. And it's like, no, no, they no, don't. No, no, <laughs> That's because McKay's a fucking... Uh, no, yeah, no, it's, it's funny. I, it's funny. I always kind of forget that McKay's actually kind of, like, the only real backdoor entrance uh, character from SG-1, uh, Atlantis, yeah. who's actually in SG-1, because they, um, ha- Weir appears in it, but she's, um, recast mm-hmm. between that and when Atlantis happened. Probably because I d- uh, the actress that they had for her, I get it. She, she wasn't bad, but she wasn't great. Uh-huh. She really wasn't, she wasn't right for the part, honestly, because Weir, at the, as a character, evolved between writings. Yeah. So that, yeah, so on. McKay was always gonna be McKay. <laughs> There's no... No, 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 no. But yeah, so sometimes, like, before I really think about it, I tend to add McKay into this episode, and then I always go, McKay wasn't in season one. Nah. Nah, he wasn't around yet. Um, uh, Sam still had a, had a will to live. God. The, she hates God. him so much He's in that episode. He's so grossly attracted to her. But yeah, good times. Anyway, great episode. It was. It was a really good episode. Um... And definitely for a reason, because the uh, writer of this episode was Brad Wright. That explains, honestly, like I was just saying, that parting shot is me just going, that's, that's the writer's going, uh-huh. I guess my guys, if we don't get canceled, because it's only season one and shows don't often make it, if we don't get canceled, this might be something. Also, the whole concept is just really freaking clever. Hell it's, yeah. <laughs> it's a really good concept. No, it's it's true. And it's a, it's a clean concept, yeah. too. What I really There's like, not a lot of complications. Yeah. Um, what I love is, granted, they hadn't obviously established all, too much about like what they were going to end up doing later in the show, so they have what we're later going to talk about, you know, with like a certain person being there. It later turns out this gate has more to do with other storylines. Yeah, yeah. And they haven't established that yet. But they had such a good foothold idea, mm-hmm. and it really—I just—I really enjoy that they had this greater concept in mind. Yeah, 
which for a show of this kind of nature is it's very important. So it kind of shows why it was so successful for so long. Mm -hmm. No, it's it's real good. Uh, so yeah, Brad Wright always delivers. Yeah. And the director is a new face for us now, but is going to be a familiar face to us in the future. I mean, only and a little bit. <laughs> it shows because honestly, okay, so who was it? Uh, was it Barry we have in the Hall of Fame right now for directing? Barry White? No, like Dennis Barry or something? <laughs> Barry Who was it? Definitely not very white. Yeah, I I was just trying to talk over you, so you forgot. <laughs> Come on down to the Stargate, baby. <laughs> I like how I'm just reading some Dennis Barry. Yeah, some notes as you're scroll as you're as you're fluffing mine. I literally just saw a man handles Daniel. <laughs> That's all I saw. A man handles Daniel in a lot of episodes. <laughs> um, but yeah, Dennis Barry. No man handles. <laughs> not man. A man handles. No man. Are you dead? Did I <laughs> A man handles Daniel in many episodes. I mean, technically. Depends on your definition of handle. I'm agreeing, but it's just too funny. <laughs> oh my shit. Okay. Huh. Huh. Moving on. <laughs> what I was trying to talk about is that right now, I think we've got uh, Dennis Barry in like our, our number yeah. one Hall of Fame. Pretty sure Martin Wood's gonna up, oh. upstage him. Oh, bit. Like, He's aside not... from, like, Robert C. Cooper, he's, like, the next biggest amount of, like, episodes directed, directed by, slash, Well, and by. also, yeah, I was gonna say, Robert Sla C. Cooper is a writer. Slash, right, <laughs> slash, written by. Like, your biggest contender, this, uh, contributor, sorry, to the show. All of the shots in this, Martin Wood, all of the shots that he made in this were so good. Oh, I know. That's... There were nice, wide ones where you had, like, the main people of the conversation in the front, but you had activity going yeah. in the background. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, long shots that don't cut, including one that goes from the bottom floor, pans up past the concrete barrier between the floor and the next floor, and goes up to the next floor. Mm. One shot. It is... No, it's great. I, so good. Like, when I say, like, I want a long shot, it doesn't have to be, like, you know, ten minutes long. No, no, it just has to actually... I just need a lingering shot. I just need lingering. Longer than five seconds. And the, well, and what's nice is that, like, these are long shots, yeah, but they're not, like, wasting any time. It's no. not like those things where, it's like... It's flowing, it's fluid, where, it's good. Where a movie doesn't know when to edit, and they, like, follow someone walking off for, like, five minutes. You know, that kind of stuff. Unless the credits are rolling when that happens, <laughs> that shot does not need to happen. <laughs> so it's not one of those. Like, there's... The camera never, like, stops when it's doing... That's another thing. Like, the camera's moving the whole time. Mm -hmm. It's not just, like, it's there and there's a whole lot of stuff moving past it and everything. Mm -hmm. No, the camera's moving and it's, like, this nice fluid movement. Yeah, I like how they there's... didn't kind of go... It wasn't trusted to people either. It was clearly, like, one of those arm oh, yeah. things. And then there's, like, these, these cool angled shots. Like, there's one, um that's like over some people being that are laid down and it's like angled slightly mm -hmm. and above them and then like as they they move and stand up it tilts until it's forward mm -hmm. and then they do as they right themselves like mm -hmm. it's no longer lying down at an angle exactly <laughs> and it uh he frames a lot of really important images there's the one that you said at the end where like just focuses on that on the gate at the end and it's just this really great shot where you can see the all the holes in the ice mm -hmm. broken by the wormhole mm -hmm. tail. Mm -hmm. It's really good. And then like we were talking about um how you just see their method of their uh their way of escape 
in the first framing shot of where they wind up, yeah. you can see it, but it's not like they follow all the way to it. No, it's just clearly in the background of the shot. Mm-hmm. Just Martin Wood, A+. Plus. Hands down the best. 79 episodes. He has directed 79 episodes, period, between yeah. um, this one and Atlantis. Hands down the best directing I've seen yeah. in this. And like I said, I love Dennis Barry's directing, but yeah. this is hands down the best directing no, I've seen. I'm just really excited because we keep talking about how like we like a certain writer or a certain director. And they're in here like, a lot. One or two. Yeah. We got one now. We got one finally that we're going to see a lot of him. Yeah. Yay. Well, Robert C. Cooper, we're going to he- read, we're not read, hear a lot of, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's that's a way of saying it, it, Yeah, it translates sure. like he's a writer. We're going to so see gonna, the evidence of his work. We're going to hear a lot of Robert C. Cooper, and we're going to see a lot of Martin Wood. I hope we get a combo of the two. I'm sure we do. I know. If, if Robert C. Cooper has done the amount of that he's done. And Martin Wood has yeah. done the amount he's done. I'm just, I'm actually, I'm just realizing, I'm, I'm actually... Actually, pleasantly surprised because again, and I know it only had two seasons, but SGU because it said only that he had done seventy nine between SG one and Atlantis, which mm-hmm. means he didn't contribute to SGU. So it tells you something about how they did a good job with it when they uh, no longer had him. They at least took the time to find good people mm-hmm. to like replace that type of effort. Because yeah. when you have somebody who has done that much work and you don't get them, you you work hard. Oh yeah. To, to replace that. Oh yeah. So I'm, just, I'm pleasantly surprised for what that means for SGU, despite the fact they got canceled because fuck everybody. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Good job, Martin Wood. You uh, yeah, you you started strong. You've replaced Dennis Barry, and Dennis Barry was strong in my heart for these directing. I'm just pretty, I'm pleased because his first appearance, you know, this is his debut, right? And they paired him with fucking Brad Wright. Yeah, it's like okay, cool. So clearly, we're gonna take you seriously because this is only the guy who, like I don't know, created the show or whatever. But <laughs> yeah, it's really no. What's really telling is that like usually we wind up seeing Brad Wright paired with one of the. Worst directors. Maybe that's what they do. They 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 only pair him with a one or two one of one two, of two types. There we go. The one best or the worst. Exactly. I cannot get my thoughts out, but you understand what I'm trying to say, and therefore I'm able to translate for yeah. the people listening. Uh-huh. So why don't we actually go ahead and get into yeah. this episode Let's do it. so that you're not up until five a.m. I don't know why I'm yelling. I'm fine, man. Okay. So the episode opens up with um, us being in SGC, mm-hmm. and you get the alert that, like, there's an emergency dial-in. An un, uh, un- unexpected uh, yeah, yeah. off-world activation. Yeah. The, the, unscheduled. We've, sorry. Un- unscheduled. We've unscheduled. had it happen a couple times. Yeah. I, just, I, I like calling it what it is, which is the unscheduled. That's why I get the alert. The, yeah, the, yeah. the extra clacks. Yeah, so you get, like, the, the alarms and everything, and then they wait for the code. And then, basically, we, we've had this happen a couple times. We know what happens here. <laughs> so um, the gate opens up. And right away, you can see that something's up with the gate. So, it's happening. Like flickering a little bit. Oh, this—that's where the error code happens. Oh, that's where it ha- we don't we don't get to see that. We didn't see it. Go ahead, talk about it. So okay, so, so hang on, I'll, yeah, I'll set you, it up you, for you. You, 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 you. So it opens up like they open up the iris because they see it's SG one coming through, which I see a little too early, by the way. But other than that, um, and then they maybe it had to do with the overload. Well, no, but I mean, what I mean by that is the code came through before the gate had fully engaged yet, and they were like, oh, yeah, it's one. I don't care. It's yeah. go, it's bad. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then the gate opens, mm-hmm. and right away you can see that the blue of the wormhole is starting to flicker a little yeah, bit. Yeah, shit's going down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. So we, we, this might be a... Uh, might be incorrect. Like we, we didn't see it in time. Yeah, we I, didn't get to see it. This is just um, trivia, uh, coming trivia to play. that you found. But it would make sense. It would have been where this happened. Specifically, right before, right as shit's going wrong. <laughs> Somebody clever. <laughs> I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Mar- uh, uh, Brad Wright. Brad Wright. <laughs> they they do show you shots of like the dialing on the computer. You know, like, the whole oh, yeah. shebang that they use. And 
what I really enjoy about this is that they there's a, obviously at some point a code appears on the computer that's basically code 44, which trivia point out error code 44 is the Windows code that appears when it's a peripheral program that's causing problems and needs to be externally shut down. <laughs> So they kind of tongue-in-cheek tell you what's going down right from the beginning, which is, um, guys, th this is trying to engage on two different locations, and that, this is, that's, that's, that's incorrect. That is phenomenal. <laughs> the computer's telling them, incorrect, sir, <laughs> and then blows all the shit up because they don't listen. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's kind of like when a computer does blue screen of death or, uh, or uh, gives up the magic smoke. <laughs> it's, you didn't listen, therefore now your hard drive's fried. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sounds about right. Oh, I'm just super happy. Also, kind of, I just realized that this is also kind of like a low key moment where like you realize this is what this is why the uh, they have like the GHGs, right? Great, so granted, that you can avoid that exactly, kind of cross dialing granted, happening. Exactly, granted, they managed to do a pretty damn good job creating their own version of a, of a DHD. Mm -hmm. But it tells you what the DHD also does in the background constantly. Absolutely. It's just like a just like a computer mainframe that's you know running all these tasks simultaneously and has to do all mm -hmm. these things and has to you know shut down erroneous crap and when you don't shit goes down and mm -hmm. that's why they give you an error alert. The DHD is not just maintaining a fucking wormhole. It's also going no 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 don't go there don't go there don't you have one gate. I don't care if there's two there. One. <laughs> I kind of envision, because we, we have the DHD set up as, like, a phone, right? Mm -hmm. I kind of envision that it works the same way that, like, when, uh, say, for, like, a business, when you're having to take in multiple calls yeah. and you do the hold, hold please. Yeah. I, I feel like that's what it's got. It's got that set up, whereas, um, okay, so the DHDs are an actual physical phone mm -hmm. where you can have the hold buttons right, and everything. Right, right, right. The thing they jerry-rigged is a very early cell phone. Yeah. And it just keeps single connecting to everything, yeah. mm -hmm. and, the, and all the other phones are like, no, 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 no. You remember the era of cell phone where, like, you'd be talking to someone, and someone would call you, and you'd be like, oh, hang on, let me take this instead. And then, like, you'd put them on hold to get the other call, but then when you tried to get the other people back, nope, you dropped them. Yeah, yep. that's what they have. They have the first cell phones that could not hold a call while you were talking to someone else. I love it. They accidentally opened up the uh, uh, conference call oh, option, but then they fucked it that up. That was always such a problem. Oh my god. All right, so, all right. yeah. So let's let's get to. Yeah. We, we have a goal. We have a goal. Come on. Okay. So uh, power fluctuates. We get that little error forty four thing. If it's um, not this moment, it's the next moment where they try to dial. So either way, the conversation stands. One. It makes the most sense. Yeah, I don't see where else it would make sense mm. for it to appear. Uh, and then the gates fluctuating. Daniel and Teal'c come through the gate, but they get, like, flung out. Like, high velocity. Like, something we haven't seen since, like, you know, Abydos days. Mm -hmm. shit. And Daniel gets flung out so hard, like, down to the end of the, the ramp. That's the he sad thing, too, about it being a ramp, ramp, is that when you're thrown at the top of a oh, gate, God, at the yeah. top of a ramp, that just, there's only, there's nowhere for this to go but no. worse. <laughs> and so, like, by the time he lands, he's unconscious. Yeah, no shit. Uh, and even Teal has like bro broken his arm, or at least up a bit. sprained it up. Yeah, real because bad. it seems that he's um he's not wearing the uh, sling at the end. Sling at yeah. the end. So, also, so he, sprained you know, with the factor, yeah yeah so. yeah. That's where I was like, well, I don't know. His arm is hurt. <laughs> he fucks it up somehow. Yeah, by um, landing on him after getting tossed through a wormhole. But Teal <laughs> is conscious, so he can talk to Hammond when he's coming up. Uh, the gate shuts off. Sam and Jack never came through. Uh-oh. Uh, so Teal is talking to Hammond. He's like, hey, what happened? Oh, we were being attacked. We 
laid down cover fire, so Daniel could dial us back through. Sam and Jack were like two <laughs> meters behind no, no, us. I love that. I love that so much. Is that Tam goes, "Where are you know where you know uh, where's Carter?" And, you know, and he goes, "They could have been more than two meters behind us." To which we both go, "That's still six feet, bro." Yeah, <laughs> that's still a decent amount. Like shit can happen in six feet. But yeah, so basically, when they were on the other side, they were being attacked by gold. They made their escape, but Sam and Jack did not make it through with them, and we don't know where they are. And that's the big mystery. Which and apparently then, the TV listing back in 1998, when this first aired, the TV listing accidentally revealed the whole the fucking end of the twist. episode. Yeah. Because, well, yeah, because, like, oh, it's a big mystery. Oh, where's Sam and Jack? Well, we go find them now. Well, we don't know where they are. We know they're in a whole lot of ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is where, I like... it's a fade-out transition, too, that shows that. Yeah, it's it's, it's a fade-out transition, and when it fades back in... Um, not well, not fade, fade out. back in. It's not like a fade-out, it's, it's just a fade transition. A fade into yeah. a new scene. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, and the new scene, we start on the gate, and this is where we have that really great freaking tracking shot. Well, not tracking shot, because we're not following anyone. The moving shot, where we go from the gate, and we can already see, like... Panning shot. Uh, panning, there we go. We can already see in the ice behind the gate, there's just this long path of holes behind the gate, because when the wormhole opens, it always shoots out, like, the, the wormhole, and that's a destroying force. Yeah. yeah, the splash. And it, you can see that it punched through the ice, and it's already a great-looking shot. But then, the camera keeps moving... And then it pans across the ice, and it almost, like, uses focusing on the ice itself for a minute as, like, a cut, but it's not cutting. Mm -hmm. And keeps moving, and then we see Jack unconscious on the ground, and it's this great angled above shot. And then we move a little bit further, and then you see a hand, and then there's Sam, and then she jerks awake because there's uh, groaning ice. Uh, And then as she stands, the camera stands up with her, and then it ends with her looking around in their surroundings, and in the back, the very back corner of the shot that's framed on her, you can see a a path out. Yeah. It's all silent. Yeah, there's no words. You were talking about how you hate in scenes like this when people are like, where Where am am I? I? And it's always like, and I literally every single time, and I shit you not, this is an actual legitimate thing. I... Remember making my dad just, I think he snorted his beer, honestly. We were watching something like this, you know, mm-hmm. some some dramatic moment. And in a moment of uh, five-year-old brilliance, somebody made that stupid-ass line and that stupid-ass voice. Oh my god, where am I? And I literally just went, why are you talking like a moron? <laughs> it's like, who does that? Who, if you were in that situation, what would that be? Why would yeah. that be your first instinct? Newsflash, it wouldn't be. Bad dialogue like that just makes me think of the first time I watched the Alex Ryder movie with a friend. <laughs> no. And I'm thinking specifically of the confrontation scene between Alex and Yasin up on the roof. Yeah. And the part where uh, Yasin tells him, you should forget about me. Uh-huh. And it was so dramatically shot, that whole scene. Like, you should forget about me. Which is yeah. too bad that Damien Lewis got dragged into that shit. Yeah. He definitely had some contractual obligations. Oh, no shit, right? It, the whole thing was so melodramatic, and the whole thing had been so poorly scripted this whole time, that I was watching it with a friend, and I jokingly, in a really melodramatic voice, responded as Alex going, I'll never forget about you. And then he said... Just in time for him to say literally the same thing. I missed about ten minutes of the movie. I was laughing too much. But yeah, it's those kinds of moments. It's just, dude, chill. I'll never forget about you. So yeah, this show is great because they avoided all of that Mm -hmm. fucking shit. 
And it's such a great shot. Especially oh my it, god. It just proves how unnecessary that kind of crap is. Because you don't need that. Mm-hmm. The person who's clearly looking around, and especially when you know the context of they definitely don't need to be, or shouldn't be here. It's very obvious that she doesn't know where she exactly. is. Exactly. She's literally going, oh shit, this mm-hmm. is an ice cave. I don't think, I, no, we definitely weren't dialing for an ice cave, so yep, this is officially lost. It's like, duh. Um, and. I literally wrote down my, I said no bullshit intro equals yay. Yes, you did. <laughs> So, Jack wakes up with a broken leg. Mm-hmm. Sam thinks that Daniel misdialed. And I Which love that Jack's... not No, it doesn't. Sense. We said that, and then Jack gives her this look like, Daniel misdialed? <laughs> like, he doesn't, he doesn't buy it for a second. Right? Well, because it doesn't make sense. I mean, I, I get that she heard me thought something went wrong, because duh. Yeah. But you're in an ice cave. You two landed right next to each other. Granted, you were two meters behind well, them, but... Yeah, yeah. Dealing? But there's also the fact that, like, he, so first of all, he makes the doubtful face, like, Daniel, Miss mm-hmm. Style. But then he points out, okay, so if you Miss Style, where are they? <laughs> and she's like, oh, um, they're not here. Yeah. He's like, so I don't think we Miss Style. Yeah, I'm pretty sure nothing about that proves that theory, but okay. Yeah. Thankfully, she doesn't stick to that theory for long. Well, she still kind of has it as a possibility, but I guess she's a scientist. She's yeah. got to have she's options. She's not discounting something that has not been effectively disproved. Yeah. That's a, that's a thing. That's um, fine. So they're trying to figure out, you know, what they've got to work with here. They know much. that <laughs> Yeah. They know that Jack's leg is broken. They're in a lot of ice. There is a gate in front of them, but they can't see the HD yet. Yeah. Uh, but obviously they're in ice, so you know, shit. Maybe go digging. Yeah. <laughs> and I just like that as we're fading out on that scene, because we're basically this scene's just about them realizing the situation they're in. Oh yeah, that's the next note is this scene. Is right uh, Jack really softly just saying we're in trouble? And she just goes yeah. And everybody's like, oh shit. Like, it turns out, this episode is really so- We have to keep turning the volume up, because this is a very so soft episode. There's a lot of quiet, com- like, the loudest- contemplation type yeah. shit. There's, like, two loud moments, like, when they first come through, and then um, Later with the, the with next the, with scene the we get, yeah. where they're, um, fixing the yeah. gate. Oh, there we go. There's that one. Because yeah. that's the next scene we go to. But, I was just gonna say, what I love about that interaction is that- it takes a scene that's already kind of, you know, somber or whatever, obviously. But it makes it kind of haunting. Mm-hmm. And it's oh, like, yeah. Oh, fuck. That wasn't... I was not expecting yeah, it's, that it's emotional punch. it's a really punch. good atmosphere Jeez. for that scene. That kind of, it kind of was kind of oddly painful. And I was like, mm-hmm. Especially because the dude who ran Black Ops is saying, yeah. we're in trouble. Oh, I do appreciate, though, that when he first woke up, he makes, like, a not-in-Kansas joke. Because he's the one who always makes the the Wizard of Oz jokes. Yeah, but he doesn't I, even like do a full one. Yeah, he I just have, says I like against it as a thing. But honestly, there's like a four or five trope lines that yeah. I just can't handle anymore because I've heard because they've happened way too much. So to be it's fair, such a flat joke. To it's be so fair, back flat. when this back when this season was made, it wasn't overdone as much. I just want to change up. Like for example, like editing the last episode, right? And I made a comment about like we don't need. To go in depth with the applied phlebotonum, whatever, no. whatever it is. So you know what? Just, just say a wormhole grabbed him. Mm-hmm. We'll believe it. Yeah, right. You're gonna bring, especially when it comes to Wizard of Oz. You know, the most overused of the cliches. You can just use a different part of it. We'll mm-hmm. still get the gist. That not in Kansas thing is like, okay, great, cool, awesome. Can we move on, please? <laughs> I mean, like I was saying, like it was ninety-eight. So yeah, ninety-eight. I think they're allowed to make those jokes back then. I don't think it was as overdone at that point. Um, Maybe, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do anything I can to give this show as much credit as I possibly can, so sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm not going to do research to find out how many times that joke got made. So the next thing we get is like the next loud scene. And this is like the last really loud scene we get. There's a lot of very frantic activity being done on the gate to fix all of the um, issues that happened when it overloaded and Mm -hmm. shut off when the last. Well, because all the capacitors Mm -hmm. blew up. Oh yeah, like literally blew up. Mm -hmm. Which I'm not. I'm not judging because life is what it is. I I just gotta say. It's, it's better CGI, because CGI is always worse. But it tells you something about how things are in real life, that the production values can never make something look real. Mm-hmm. So those clearly rubber <laughs> capacitors blowing up yeah. was just so fake. I get it. I 100% get it, but that's just like, oh, dude, guys. <laughs> so yeah, they're fixing the fake capacitors. <laughs> yeah. Teal'c is falling behind Hammond, like, talking about, talking through the issues, because Daniel's still unconscious. Yeah, that's like a gloss over as you, like every show does, the massive brain damage probably involved there. Uh, Tilk, so Tilk's the only one who can, like, give information on what he knows so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see Hammond, like, go up to the lead guy in charge. Is it already Silo that we see, or is it Silo yep. later? No, yeah, because no, Silo's the guy in charge, he's the guy in charge of okay. doing all this. I, I didn't really notice yeah. that he was talk- who he was talking to the first time. I noticed later on uh. when I saw his name badge. But he goes up to Silo to be like, how long is this going to take? So that says 24 hours. And Teal is the first one to be like, that's, they that's need like help yeah. before then. And then uh, Hammond goes, I'll give you half that. And then Tyler, a wonderful spine in him, goes, that, that's not how it works. Credit to Hammond. He accepts it immediately. I, I gotta imagine that when he says, when he says like, I, I want half of that, there's been instances in the past where it's like, so it's 24 hours because of red tape bullshit, is what you're telling me. He hasn't figured out yet that, oh, no, everyone working here will not be pulling that. Mm-hmm. So he tried to be like, okay, but after the red tape bullshit, how long does it take? Right. But then Tyler's like, no, that's no. how long it's going to take flat. I'm an engineer. This is how this works. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a great Star Trek reference, though. I love it. <laughs> credit to Hammond. As soon as Siler comes back with, no, 24 hours, Hammond's like, okay, make it happen. Like, he accepts it. He doesn't yeah. keep blustering or anything. <laughs> this is a slight tangent, but I have to. The, what I love about that whole thing is, you know, because Star Trek's obviously pretty famous for that, is Kirk going, oh, I'll give you less, mm-hmm. to which Scotty makes it work. Yeah. I don't know what season, I don't know what episode. I, it's, a, it's a great episode, though, because they do get um, doing, uh, comes back for an episode playing Scotty in Next Gen. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, I've inter- seen that one. Yeah. He I love that one. Yeah, he interacts with Geordi a little bit. What I love is that they attempted oh, yes. to cover their base. Where he always covered- gave him longer See, because he always knew he was going to be like, give me less, and he's like, well, fine. Better. It's like, that is so fucking unprofessional. Yeah. Fuck off. It honestly kind of ruined the character of Scotty for me just a little bit. Yeah. I just like how Star Trek tried to kind of like cover its base <laughs> a little bit. They're like, oh, no, no. See, it wasn't... It wasn't that he actually could speed up time. He had a reason. Like, yeah, but that's a pretty shitty fucking reason. Yeah. That, what does that say about him? But fuck that. Mm-hmm. And this show goes, no, 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 no. No, there's this thing called physics. Well, Siler's great. Siler's <laughs> excellent. I don't know how many episodes he appears in. I, I haven't looked it up yet. But he appears in enough mm-hmm. that we you know, hey, first off, he gets a name. Who's clearly set up to be an actual solid recurring character Unlike because he's given a name. Walter, who doesn't have a name yet. Which, again, though, that brings up to mind that this show, obviously they were kind of trying to realize that the guy who does all of the fucking announcing and everything might become more of a thing mm-hmm. because he's actually given more of a stage oh, presence yeah. in this one. Mm-hmm. He has a lot to do in this one, to Hell, be honest. Even it's just the um, somber, lingering looks where he's just, you know, also feeling the situation. Like, yeah. They're pointing out that the guy who deals with them every day is there for all their missions. He cares. This is like the first episode where he's done more than just list off his lines by mm-hmm. rote like normal. Yeah. 
Like, I, I mean, he's, he's given always, a scene where he's, he's always put the effort in. Yeah, I'm not pretending no, 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 like he no, no, hasn't. No, no, no. But, like, yeah. he has more than just this list of lines. No, it's, it's terrific because they give, they, out of all the people they could have shown during this, they show the main characters, obviously, dealing with, like, the, the waiting period, trying to figure out what, what these people are, right? And then they show fucking Walter contemplatively watching the mm-hmm. Stargate because he gets to watch them come back every time and he hasn't watched his yeah. team come back. They're all his in a way. He's the oh, guy yeah. who sends everybody out. It's his job to send them out. Mm-hmm. So he needs this. It wants to see them come back in. He hasn't. It's kind of like the mother hen thing, you know? Yeah. Like, like all of a sudden, Hammond's Well, and also, way. he's involved with the actual dialing and exactly. all of that control. And he's when a problem happens there, then he feels responsible. Exactly. No. Everything we just said is all based off of a few mm-hmm. lines and a few things. So it A, shows the great directing, great acting, great writing. Of his character, the fact that he's not even named yet, and they gave him a fucking oh, scene where yeah. he contemplates the mm-hmm. gate. They they knew what they were fucking doing. Oh yeah. So, well, it's the great combo of Brad Wright and Martin Wood. Uh, An empathetic thumb, yes. thumbs up, man. Just mm. so then we cut back to uh, Sam and Jack, mm-hmm. um, and Sam is splinting Jack's broken leg. <laughs> and the whole thing is with heebie-jeebies. Yeah, because ouchie. Mm-hmm. I've never broken so, my leg, and I never want to do yeah, that. Same, same. It was bad enough breaking my toes, which I've done multiple times. Breaking but. my arms. Thankfully, I never broke them that badly. So I didn't have to get splinted like that, yeah. for example. Because, But yeah, this whole scene. He yeah, so she's splinting his leg. And to keep him distracted from the pain, she's having him tell her about another time that... Where shit happened. I, isn't it basically another time where he broke his leg? Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. where shit went down. <laughs> and he's talking about how like he got shot down and his parachute didn't open. Or open late or something like that. yeah. It, I think when he says didn't open, I'm assuming it means they get partially open, yeah. since usually if you're using a parachute, that means you're falling pretty far I know, it's like, fast. if it didn't open, you'd be dead. Well, that's the thing, there are actually more no, you, than, you would just have, like, everything There are more broken. than a few stories, actually, of um, people who, granted, there's quite a few people who have died, yeah. but there are more than a few stories of people who haven't had shoots uh, deployed and they have actually survived. fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> like... You're soft. The ground isn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do, uh, you know, I'm assuming when he says it doesn't, didn't deploy that it partially yeah. deployed. Something mm-hmm. happened. Something like that. You're not, there's no way, honestly, that you'd only have broken a leg, for example. No, no, no. So, so you had to talking run some descent slowed. So he's talking about, you know, falling How it happened before. in the first place. And she's like, oh, how'd you get rescued? And he says, I didn't. I had to walk out on my own. Ow. Yeah. It well, wasn't exactly a, an official mission. Mm-hmm. Because he did black ops. Yep. And she, as she's, and the whole time she's like, you know, splinting him. So he's like, oh, and she's so, she's so distressed yeah. the whole time. So like, honestly, the story is distracting both of them. Yeah. It's working to do that. Yeah. But then uh, what's important is that she goes, so what kept you going? And without even pausing, he says, Sarah. Yeah. Thinking about getting home to Sarah. And so it's also, just, yeah, it also gives you a good uh, indication of in the timeline, like mm-hmm. where it's happened to him, because the kid wasn't around yet. Yeah. And it's just it's just a really good moment, and it just ends with Jack being like, "Okay, you're done. You're done." <laughs> She's like, "I'm almost it's, done." He's like, "No, it's you're splinted enough." <laughs> to which I'm glad she keeps going. Well, the fact that your leg is still at a ninety degree angle tells me otherwise. <laughs> Granted, his wasn't that bad, but I do like how he says that, and she just goes while looking very distressed, just keeps rapping mm-hmm. <laughs> while giving him this look of like, "I'm listening totally." Still rapping. <laughs> and then we cut back to SGC <laughs> for a really quick scene where Daniel wakes up, and Tilk explains what happened. And it's very brief, um, but what I like about this scene is it's just a quiet scene between the two of them. 
And, like, the whole time, because Daniel's, like, groggy and Oh, and you, you, point out, you point out the really oh, great detail of... That he's got, like, the amount of scruff you would expect for a guy who's been unconscious for a day or hours. so, yeah. yeah. It's actually highlighted by the fact that, I don't really know how Jafar grow beards, mm. but Teal'c is clean-shaven yeah. still, so it definitely, it's like... Oh, would you look at that! Yeah, yeah he's no, been unconscious for, for a hot minute. It was it was a tiny little attention to detail yeah. that I appreciated. Yeah. But he's like groggy and out of it, so he's like talking kind of quiet and uh, soft and a little bit, you know, confused. But it's just between that and Teal trying to gently break the news to Daniel, yeah. it's just this really soft, quiet moment where it sounds like Teal's talking to a child. Mm-hmm. It's just really, it's, it's just nice. It's, it's that continuation that we have where. Tilk and Jack kind of consider these guys. Granted, Jack and Carter's relationship does not continue on that route. But at first, they're very Sam uh, is only sometimes a child. Yeah. Depending on what's happening, yeah. Those, basically, any scene that she's heavily interacting with, Je- with uh, Daniel, she's, she's a, child. a child. Yeah, because when the they're the trouble twins, yeah. and that's all that happens. He yeah. just lets Daniel know what happened. Daniel's like, no, 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 they, they made it through. Oh yeah, because Teal tries to say something like they didn't, they, they didn't. Or they might have perished. I yeah. think he, he, he basically poses that we might not be able to get yeah. them back. Like, no, they're right behind us. That's not true. It's like, yeah. but, but it is. He's just really, he's got that, like, that childlike, like, no, no, because he's, he just woke up from being unconscious. He's, like, out of it. And also because he's Daniel. He's the baby of the group. He's, and he's still got some hope in his heart. Plus, we all would be like, no, that, yeah, the face of the process is having lost someone you care about, you're going to deny it. Mm-hmm. In just in general, even if you, let's say you had all the logical facts telling you otherwise, you're like, no, no, oh, no, yeah, it absolutely. can't be done. It has to be magical option number 10,012 that mm-hmm. revolves around this other thing that keeps me with my friends alive. Alright, so then we get uh, back with uh, Sam and Jack. I, I think at this point they've climbed up to where the DHD is. Yeah, the, the, the lump, because she's, yeah. she, she's just looking, hey. She figures out where the DHD is, because there's a lump of ice that it's definitely where the DHD is, and she's like, oh, we can ice, we can ship through this to get to the DHD, and then we can dial home ourselves, worst hopefully. case, we'll have some ice to melt for water. Yeah, that she does make that joke. Um, and Jack climbs up and realizes he's also got um, a cracked or broken rib. To which point, anybody with a brain would have been like, okay, this might not end well. Yeah. I'm going to go lay back down now. Because if I have a cracked rib, I could make this worse. He eventually does, but far too late. No, he does it because his body gives out yeah, on yeah. him. <laughs> no, because he goes down to cook. Yeah, but he, he moves again after that. He yeah. goes back to helping again. Yeah, I, mean, I know. I hate it's that. Jack. I hate that dumbass. Well, it's not just people do that in general. It's like yeah. my first thought: my ribs are broken. Or I'm not gonna be like I'm not pussyfooting out of helping. I'm like, hey, I don't want to die, so mm-hmm. I'm not gonna exacerbate this internal wound. The stunning lack of common sense is what kills me. Yeah, I know yeah. it's supposed to be put off as like they're in denial of it or whatever, but I guess I'm just I'm not very I'm not the most self aware person, but I'm self aware enough to go nope. I mean, like he had his moment of healing in the end of the movie, but. Jack's still probably a pretty self-destructive person, ultimately. Maybe. At this point, though, I don't really see it that way, because he has a subordinate with him, and he would be determined to get her home, and he would need to be alive to help her. Oh, he definitely shows that later. I don't know. Maybe he's He's just... just, He's just being a military man type, and those people are act, act, act. Listen, toxic masculinity. (laughs) I can't. So, all right. So she's chipping through the ice. Jack is bleeding internally. <laughs> yep. And she's discussing with him uh, all of the possible things that uh, might have happened. Yes. She has three theories. She has two theories and a dumbass theory. <laughs> she has two theories and an addendum on her second theory. Yep. <laughs> 
So her first theory is that Daniel misdialed. And same as before, Jack kind of makes his face like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> um, and then her second theory is that the Stargate malfunctioned while they were going through, and Jack, not Daniel and Teal'c wound up home, and they got shot off to another planet. Which makes sense. Her third quote-unquote theory is the gate malfunctioned. Teal'c and Daniel got sent to one planet, not Earth, but a planet. And they got sent to another one. I mean, what would have to be required for that to happen? That just, I I, I guess, don't know. technically it is a possibility, but I feel like that would be possibility 423. Yeah. It's, it's, it's dumb. <laughs> There's a reason I never actually wrote it down. <laughs> I couldn't remember it until you said it. I was like, what? No, just. Well, to be fair, in my notes, it says, number two, Stargate malfunctioned, team split. That's two and three. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, it is technically a possibility. I could even see her thinking of it as a possibility. I do not see her presenting it in that light. That makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, Meanwhile, back on SGC, um, they have the gate back up and running, and they decide to dial back through to the planet that the team just came in from mm-hmm. um, to see if they got left behind there in the firefight or whatever. Um, but they have to send a Malpin through first, obviously, because that is a safety measure. Right. Uh, so they send a Malpin. So especially since when they left that planet, there were, you know, shots under being fire, fired. Yeah. So. so they send a Malp through. They see their original Malp. Uh, they look around. They don't see a sign of anybody or anything. Uh, and then while they're looking around, they get shots fired at their new mouth, and Ham's like, close the eyes, close the eyes. Right, just, nope. Which, the, uh, trivia, the trivia goofs also mentions this as a, as a problem. My only thought there was, close the eyes, like, why, it's a one-way gate. Why, they, they don't know where you're dialing from. Nothing, like, let's say, like, they knew where you're coming from, they could, like, dial back in. So maybe close the eyes for that. Except, they don't know where you're dialing in, so that makes, what? <laughs> well, the only thing I can think... Is that radio signals can get through. Uh-huh. They don't know if something else can al- can't also get through. I don't buy it, because by then, this point in time, they definitely had shots fired at an opened gate, at an Earth-opened gate, and it hasn't come through before. I'm not even saying that, like, they're necessarily worried about the shots fired, but ma- Like a tracking I'm homing defi- signal yeah. type I'm shit. definitely making up shit for this, <laughs> it's like but it you- is a possibility. <laughs> okay, okay, a Stargate-based pinging radar system yeah. where you ping through a gate and somehow it echolocates from where the planet is. You know what? Fuck it. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> like I was saying, it's not a good explanation, but it's an explanation. True. <laughs> but basically, they're like, okay, well, we can't go through there. <laughs> and it didn't look like they were there anyway. Right, there was no smoking bodies or anything like that, mm-hmm. so it doesn't look like they're there either. It didn't even look like a firefight had happened there, to be honest. I guess the gold cleaned up? I don't know. I can't help but wonder if maybe it's like more like an automated like turret-type situation, less than gold. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. First off, I have to think this as my headcanon, because otherwise it entirely glosses over the fact that somehow the gold are always just sitting there and waiting for people to come through this gate. Mm-hmm. Like, they'd have to be... That, I would have so many questions as to why that situation exists. So I think maybe it's more like a gold-controlled planet that definitely has a gold presence mm-hmm. on it. Just not always present at that gate, and it was far enough away, and the shots were kind of wild enough that I could totally see it being yeah, no, automated. Since his movement starts shooting, that's you know? that's completely reasonable. So that's what my thought it's was. It's more there. reasonable than the pinging 
concept I came up with. <laughs> right. But in terms of the fact that, especially since it's such a delayed response, like, it would be like, ooh, there we go, here we go. It's like their form of, like, a defense thing, like, where somebody comes through, and that's, if they're, if they're goal-friendly, that it's a pause It'll, long enough for them to give a signal mm-hmm. or something, and kind then of if like it doesn't happen. Kind of like our dial-in exactly. for the, the team codes. Yeah, exactly. And if nothing happens in that period, pew, pew, pew. Yeah, so, there you go. Yeah. Works for me. So then we cut, so then they're basically like, okay, well, we can't go back there. Mm-hmm. So we have to come up with something else. Yeah. But we didn't see them, that they might have wound up somewhere else. We have to just figure out what we're doing next. Uh, so then we cut back to Jack and Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jack has gone down from the DHD and is, like, one level down cooking soup yep. for them. While Sam is still hacking at the ice. Um, and... Sam explains a whole bunch of techno- technological gobbledygook to Jack about wormholes. Um, sure, science babble. That basically ends with her saying, I think the power of the shots from the firefight might have overloaded the gate and caused the malfunction. Mm-hmm. That's basically the entire point of her... It's not, it's not overly long, but there's a lot of words in there where it's like, okay, Sam. <laughs> her little diatribe, as I call yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And Jack, even at the end, goes, mm, sorry, he wasn't listening. <laughs> Which, again, I like that he's kind of honest about it, especially since, like, hey, he's tired and pain and so on. And at this point, she definitely has had enough time and examples to realize that when she does this, he's not listening. He can't follow that. Is this the scene where he actually coughs up some blood on the No, no, ice? that's the second, that's way Next later. Next time? Yeah. Okay. When he's back up there hacking uh, at the ice. Oh, yeah, yeah, right before they get it. Oh, when they find the hand, that's mm-hmm. when. Okay. Um, so. There's a sense out of context. Uh, but then we get back to Daniel and Teal'c, uh, who are trying to discuss where Sam and Jack might be, um, and they're basically like, wait, so that means they could be on another planet. There's so many planets to search for. How are we supposed to have any freaking clue? Um, oh, sorry, this I missed the part when she was talking about the, um, I missed a, a detail specifically about uh-huh. when she was talking about the gate getting overloaded. Her point of saying that was that she thinks that in it being overloaded like that, instead of winding up on Earth, they ended up on a planet somewhere between the planet they were getting out of and Earth. So basically, like, they almost got there. Yeah, which is a completely rational idea. And she poses the idea that she's like, well, if if the people back home um, also figure that out, that that's a possibility, then they can start to search in a much narrower line of worlds for us. To which her wonder twin takes over the scene. No, no, no. It actually takes one more scene oh, back does? for her. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, he doesn't do it immediately. I made it into my They head. didn't have a brain meld. I would have believed it. Yeah, no, I would have too, but, I mean, it's still only season one. Give him, like, two more seasons okay. before he instantly knows what she's okay. thinking okay. somewhere else. Okay, cool. Yeah, so it's just a quick scene where they're trying to figure out... They they do figure out at least, okay, they must have wound up on another planet. Mm-hmm. Daniel hasn't pinpointed how to search for them yet. But they have figured out, okay, they have to be somewhere else. Ooh, which I like about that is that, um, you know, Daniel's thinking about that shit, right? And uh, he asks, you know, Silent, like, what, whatever, he goes, no, the energy would have had to discharge somewhere. You know, yeah, that's how he. That's how he knows to start looking in other there, worlds. That, that's it. That's what it was. Because it's because he did get input from yeah. a scientist, yeah. like a, a technical scientist. Yeah, I guess he's like a combat engineer, not a combat engineer, but because the combat engineers are the guys who rescued him later. Yeah, um, that's what those guys do for a living. And what I love though is Siler 
what he's saying is actually relatively accurate, which mm-hmm. is that energy has to go somewhere. Absolutely. Energy doesn't just dissipate the way people think it does. And I appreciate that, like, he worded it in a way that Daniel would get immediately mm-hmm. and knew exactly what Daniel was searching for in the first place. Mm-hmm. So that was just a really confident person. He's a very um, constructurally intelligent mm-hmm. person because he can take the clues given in the context and translate them within his realm of expertise, but in a way that a person understands. Yeah. It's a very practical intelligence, and I very much enjoy that. Yeah, mm-hmm. this was the scene where I noticed it was Siler. Yeah. Because like, I saw his oh, name yeah. I'm like, hey, that Siler. guy who's always helpful. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, he's a solid recurring character that is set up in a really good way mm-hmm. and is used um, a lot. Not, like, not like Janet levels, but yeah. a lot. Oh, actually, no. He doesn't cough up during the hand. He coughs up in the scene after that. Mm. Uh, so then we cut back to Sam and Jack. Sam has uncovered a frozen hand near the DHD. Yep. Which shows which that is, someone was here and died here. It, someone was stuck here. It bugs me a lot, though. Not because like they haven't established the idea of storylines yet. That's mm-hmm. fine. It's the fact that later they kind of like you know would be, would they have set up another gate with the gold you know until it goes oh if the first one became non functional. No, they say if it got lost. Not whatever, if it got whatever, 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 whatever. It was no longer a, a viable thing. To which I can only say. So you're telling me that the gold came back to Earth for what reason? To what end? What because was they've the always idea been harvesting here? from Earth, right? But that lays out a lot of really weird questions, like why did they stop coming to Earth? Why did? How did the knowledge of where Earth is, is get lost? Then too much of what's now established as like uh, like by right now I mean mm-hmm. to, like in so far in season yeah. one has been established. Does not mesh with that. I would Hence argue, why I'm very down with the idea that he abandoned it later yeah. <laughs> as an idea. Well, I would also argue that, I mean, A, Teal'c's answer only works if that's the truth, which it yeah, winds up not being fair. the truth, and they have no reason to believe right. that. No, it just, it's funny to me I that you think, would put it out there just because it also just, it raises too many questions. I mean, I feel like it'd be weird for the, they'd have to have a question of, hey, is there a possibility of two gates? No, it had no. to come up. No, no. And I feel like it's vague enough. That it can get away with, oh, no, the gold had nothing to do so with it. So, because this. reasons they did, and because reasons they stopped. Sure, I'll give you that. <laughs> it could work. I'm not truly No, I get it. It's, it. There's always an issue with um with season one. For, for a long-spanning yeah. arc of a thing like this... There's always issues with season one. I just it, Right there is just proof that they had the brilliant idea of, ooh, this would be a great foundation for several awesome kinds of storylines. Mm-hmm. But yeah, cool. So how are we gonna establish it? Oh, <laughs> and it's just—it's because they obviously abandoned the idea yeah. of the gold revisiting pretty quick, which I get—that makes sense. Um, it just—it was more like I don't what? remember enough about Seth, um, because I know there was some weird conflict between Seth and Ra. Yeah centered on Earth right. that might explain this away better. Right. I don't remember no, enough you're right. about no, his you're, story you're right. It's just, and There's just so much more knowledge yeah. that would be given to the Go'ul as, a, as an entity mm-hmm. that would then have had to have been misplaced, lost, erased, destroyed. Yeah. Well, um, there, there's a reason that a lot of times when people are recommending shows to people to start, they always say to skip the first season. I don't like them to no, do that. I never do. Okay. I, I never do. Unfortunately and essential. And I never mm-hmm. recommend people yeah. do that. But I understand when they're trying to show people the best foot of oh, the show yeah, no, that's that fine, yeah. season one you're still developing oh, things. And again, and, and everything I'm saying isn't really too much of a critique yeah, yeah. because, again, the writers obviously threw something out there and then they themselves went, 
oh wait, yeah. this doesn't work. I just wish that that moment, that self-editing mechanism came into play a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. In the sense that then we would have these lines where it just doesn't make sense. My only thing is, my head can't idea right, I guess, is that they had to put it in because they thought of the thing. And then and somebody said, oh, maybe gold came back. To which the guy goes, well, no, that wouldn't work. But then the other guy goes, but then what, is it gonna, what are you going to do instead? And to which silence falls in the room. And they're like, well, I guess the gold came back then. <laughs> <laughs> like, that makes it better uh-huh. in my mind. Because it's not like somebody's going to really question it too much later. Because, hell, years from now, I never, you know, in this well, question, I never questioned it when I watch seasons later. Here's here's something you can imagine to make you feel better about mm-hmm. that scene. Mm-hmm. That scene cuts right after Teal'c answers that way. Maybe that conversation continued. There you go. It there you go. It happened. Cool. It happened. We just didn't see it. But let's actually get to that moment because we haven't gotten to it yet. So they find she finds the hand. They realize that people have been here before, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, which is something at least. Right. Um, and then we go back to um, and this is where uh Daniel continues to talk to Siler, um, to work out. And this is where Siler has not Siler. This is where Daniel has the twin brain meld where he goes okay well what if this is where he has the idea that sam already said oh well if back home they come up with this they can narrow down their search engine right, 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 right. search engines so- <laughs> they're gonna type it into google <laughs> hey google where is sam and jack Did even exist in no no it didn't that's why it's a fucking joke <laughs> hey siri where are sam and jack at Anyway, okay. Siri so, responds with. So he figures out by talking it out with Siler, who has the technical know-how, mm-hmm. that they are probably in one of the planets that's in a straight parallel line. Not parallel line, but a straight line. Linear line. Linear. There we go. A straight linear line between um, Earth and the planet they came from. Sure. Uh, and that's where they start going, okay, so we only have a hand, and at first Sam's like, wait, so you want us to search all of these planets? He's like, it's well, I narrowed it down to a handful, so yes. Like, <laughs> and Ham's like, all right, we're going to start doing that. So then we get back to, um, Sam and Jack. Sam has uncovered enough of the DHD to be able to dial, and she dials Earth, and there's a little bit of a power surge, like, you see the gate start to want to light up. It doesn't fully light up, but, like, right around where there's the locking mechanisms, you can see it start to glow a tiny yep. bit. But then nothing happens. No, no, there's no engaging or or blue, nothing, nothing happens. And she flips out, mm. understandably. Right. Um, and Jack coughs up some blood onto oh, the no. ice. Oh, no. Yeah. So we know he has internal bleeding. But stop moving then, bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, okay, I can figure this out. I can figure this out. There there must be a problem with, like, the power source that I can re... Because she's already fucked with the HDs before. She yeah. can fix it. Um, but he's like, no. And she's like, what? No, I can fix... He's like, we have been awake for 12... You've been, like, working on this for, like, 12 hours now. We have to rest. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, doing the commander thing. Yeah. He's doing the leader thing. And he, he puts his foot down, like, okay, we have to go rest. And she's trying to, she's obviously, like, beginning, like, to spiral a little oh, yeah, bit, yeah. too, so yeah. it's, a good, so it's a good time to stop. He knew, okay, we need to pull back. So they, um, they take a nap. Uh, they have to cuddle for warmth. She's laying on his freaking broken ribs, and he points right. that out. I like that he kind of wakes up a little bit, and he's like, not that I wouldn't find this nice, but I can't breathe. I'm not sleeping now, because it's kind of hard to breathe with broken ribs. And when someone's laying on them, she's like, 
okay, stretch their bodies. And she shifts of, a little yeah. bit, but she, they're still definitely cuddled. And then like they're just kind of lingering, like talking a little bit. And then there's a great like there's Colonel. there's like a little stretch of silence, and then she goes Colonel, and he goes, "It's my sidearm, I swear." See, it's funny. Like I hate the like you know Kansas trophy jokes, right? I'll never get tired of the bonus no. joke. It's funny as hell. And then she starts laughing, and he's like, "No giggling, please." Ouchie. And Maybe don't make a bar joke then. <laughs> and that's how the scene closes between them, which is just oh, so no, no, good. No, 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 it closes with her going, I don't have any regrets. Oh, yeah. Oh. Is it? Uh-huh, they're panning out, and they're, they're huddling, for, they're sleeping. Remember that they're cold and tired, and she says, I don't have any regrets. Because she hasn't really lost all hope yet okay. at that moment. Okay, all right. But yeah, so, like, he says, the no giggling please, and then after she stops giggling, she says, I don't have any regrets, and then it pans, and then it fades yeah, out. Yeah, it's during the pan out, I yeah. should say, but yeah, and then it, then it fades out, yeah. Um, and then we go back into uh, SGC, and this is where we get another really great shot, another one I talked about, where, um, so, um, there's this whole setup that it's kind of like, I don't know how to describe this, but it's, it's, a uh, it's the part where there's that, the, the really nice spiral staircase. Mm-hmm. Basically, the upstairs room is where they u- usually have most of their debriefings, and it's where you can look out from the, um, the shock gates or the shatter, what are they called? What? <laughs> the windows that they can put the shields oh, over. Oh, 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 the blast, blast shields. Uh, well, okay, but the windows themselves. The, uh, the, there's windows that look out onto the gate room. Yeah, the conference room windows, okay. yeah. Yeah, and um, so there's that one upstairs, and the whole floor plan is kind of open, mm-hmm. uh, and then, like, you've got the spiral staircase going down, and then there's the floor directly below it, right. where... Is the control room for the, the yeah. embarkation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we start with Daniel there, like... And he's clearly been awake that for a while. That whole contemplative scene where they're all just waiting yeah. and watching and it's, trying to find. Yeah, I love because it cuts from Jack insisting that him and Sam sleep to SGC where no Not one is sleep. sleeping. Well, because they're setting out teams at this mm-hmm. point. Now, yeah. that's, that, that's that shitty point of a rescue time where all he can do is wait. Absolutely, yeah. Which has to suck. But yeah, the, this scene is another one of the really great shot ones because we start with some... Um, Daniel below, and he's fretting and like clearly hasn't been sleeping, and is just drinking like, his coffee. And, yeah, and looking over the map and everything, and trying to figure out where to go next and all that stuff. And then the camera moves up from Daniel and just coasts up, and it's you gentle see, pan. Mm-hmm, and you see it pass through the floor cement barrier between his floor and the next floor, and then it pans up into the next floor with the debriefing room where you see Hammond. Which is a great symbolic to like showing the barrier between like, you know, subordinate and, and mm-hmm. chieftain and but it doesn't matter because it flows seamlessly yep. almost as if they both have the same concern. It's it transcends lines and barriers. Absolutely. All they do is care at this moment. That's it's all real it's, good. And it's, it's just wonderful. a quiet little scene yeah. to show that S G C is working hard to the get them. Fade transition into Walter. Oh, also, yeah. and he's watching a team come back with empty-handed. Yes, yes, yes. And that's when he turns and kind of faces away from the camera. Not, not away from the camera, but yeah. off to the side a little bit. And you see his reaction to... It's real good, man. ...seeing the results of the fact that, again, he's feeling the responsibility. It's just uh, so moving. It's such a moving yeah, scene. Yeah, and there's, like, almost Ugh. no words in this this whole scene. Ugh. And it's just to show that SGC is working hard and is mm-hmm. desperately searching for them. And then we go back to Sam and Jack. And um, mm. Sam is still working on the DHD. She's trying to get lower. Yeah, she's, she's trying to get into the base so that she can get access to like. <laughs> and the she's reaching list mode where she's screaming, "Why won't you work?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and while she's screaming that, Jack goes, "Okay, it's time for me to introduce Plan B." And he says, "Plan B is that you take as much of our equipment as you can, 
and you find a way out of here to try and find people outside. And she's like immediately like, no, I I won't do that. <laughs> and he's like, no, you will do that. And, you know, basically pulling his, like, no, I'm in charge. You will do that if we have to go to plan B. I like it. I'm on a record that this might make me a selfish bitch, but it's that moment of if I'm facing somebody who's clearly not, in this moment Dying. clearly not going to make it. Yeah. And there's no reason for me to die with them. No, no, I, I, and, I 100% and, agree And they with clearly you. want me to live. I'd be, I wouldn't even do the requisite, I'm not leaving with that. I'd be like, and there's no way I can leave with you. No. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm out. Peace. <laughs> I love you. I'm sorry, but peace. <laughs> I guess that just, there's two kinds of people in the world. There's ones who are compassionate, or I guess, and there's really, like, I'm not going to be happy about it, but I'm going to tell the guy, I'm going to hold, hold their hand and go, you know what? You're right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sir, you're right. Bye. <laughs> I mean, seriously. See ya. <laughs> I, I guess I, I come back to it every time. I would, I am Sid from Ice Age. Nope. Yeah. I choose life. <laughs> so, yeah, but she's actually, you know, human, so she's doing her whole denial yeah. thing. Yeah. So that's that whole scene. And then we come back to SGC, and the newest team that's gone through comes back, um, and they'd obviously been attacked. Uh, one of them is, like, seriously injured to the point where Teal can, like, carry him through. Yeah. Which is just an excuse to show Christopher Judge is strong as fuck. Like, I know Teal is fu- mm-hmm. strong, but... Oh, earlier when he was first, uh, when sling. he was the only... Yeah, and he was just wearing the tank top. I, know, I, I have a note in here specifically <laughs> that I didn't mention because it just didn't work with the flow, but since you brought up him being strong anyway, I'm going to go back to it. My note literally says, Teal's a broken arm, so he's wearing a tank. Thanks. There you go. Really? That was my whole ta- That was my whole note. The guy is built. Those were, like, and he wasn't, like, you know, super cut. It wasn't, like, all Schwarzenegger, like, no. but it doesn't matter because you can see it's every fucking muscle muscles group. instead of You can see every single muscle group there. Muscles. You can see his, whatever the hell these muscles yeah. are called on the top of the collarbone. I don't know. Whatever the base of the neck collarbone. He's a strong boy. Muscles are, and these motherfucking biceps for days. <laughs> but, yeah, so clearly the most recent trip through was dangerous. Someone got hurt. He's still alive, but he got hurt. Yeah. Uh, and Hammond basically says, okay, I have to call the search off now. Yeah, like, this is the point where, like, where get, it's real-life uh, application there. And it's great because, like, Sam, uh, D- Daniel and Teal get the same exact time. We're like, what? No. <laughs> like, arguing and everything. Like, fuck off. No. And no, Hammond basically has to put his foot down. He's like, no, we have no information about them. We're searching blind at this point. We've looked in every planet you gave us a list for. Yeah. And our people are starting to get hurt for it. Yeah, we cannot... We can't keep justify blowing this. Yeah, we can't justify funds the, and people mm-hmm. on this. The resources and lives at stake do not justify mm-hmm. because there's two people missing and we are fucking up. Yeah. The, 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 the cost ratio here yeah, is exactly. no longer even slightly imbalanced. And what's great about this is, like, he, you know, lays down the law and leaves. And you can see on Teal and Daniel's face both. They both got this, like, really mutinous face, like, we're not going to stop. <laughs> There's nothing in Supernatural. They don't say anything, but they're just faces. They're like, no. <laughs> there's a fandom for Supernatural that there's literally a page. There's a page dedicated solely to uh, Sam's bitch face. Mm-hmm. It's literally called Sam's bitch face. I'm aware. Yeah, I love it. And I love how this, most there was people plenty have of given numbers. Too. Yeah, given there numbers. was plenty like, of it in season bitch two. face number nine. Bitch face number 33 <laughs> and shit like that. So they're both getting bitch face number two, which is the fucking dad just said. <laughs> He's granddad. Sorry, granddad. The first one's but a, the fucking Jack dad. Jack is dad. Yeah. Sorry, bitch face number one is the fucking dad just saying. Bitch face number two is the fucking granddad just saying. There you go. 
There we go. All right. Um, so then we go back to Sam and Jack, and Sam has gotten low enough that she could get access to, like, the, the power and the base and everything, and she literally says, I'm going to turn it off and turn it back on again. Okay, so the IT moments come. I caught it, and you were, like, talking at the yeah. time, so I was like, you just missed an IT joke. And I wrote, I read every one, I was like, nope, yeah. that's exactly, yep, yep, she turned it off and back on again, it was terrific, I was, yep, yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. Uh, so The then... one time, by the way, this trick doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it kind of does. It kind of does. It the, it resets it enough that the when she dials reset. through, <laughs> when she dials through, we actually get a lot more reception than we did before. So uh, the gate actually shakes this time, mm-hmm. and very important, when it starts shaking where she is, we cut to the SGC where it started shaking there as well. The gate at the SGC has started shaking. Cue water trope, as you said. Oh, no, that, uh, yeah, yeah, because, like, the first time we get is Daniel's in the, the briefing room, and there's a pitcher of water, and it starts shaking, and you see Daniel walk over and look at it, and I was like, oh, it's just the Jurassic Park shot, <laughs> and then I explain it to you, because you've never seen it, you heathen. I, okay, first off, I wasn't allowed to watch this because of movies growing up, and then when I got older, I just didn't care. <laughs> it's Jurassic Park. I mean... I know they're good, and I know I need to give them a shot, but every time, I've, I've only ever seen, like, two or three clips, and one of them, I was really young, and it was really bloody, and, like, fucking scarred me a little oh, bit. Oh, it's dark. And I was just doing the hand at the time. And the second one I saw, just, it was a bunch of people acting stupid in the face of fucking dinosaurs, and my brain just went, I understand what this movie's Were you about. watching the second one? I don't know. Because the second one is awful. I heard the third one's the worst. I don't know. I have literally no frame of reference. All I know is... I saw this, and I was like, these people are behaving really dumbly, and also there's dinosaurs, and I know of the premise, but when I was, if I were faced with dinosaurs, I would not be behaving this, this way. <laughs> so no. my whole thing there is, I never saw them. That's why. <laughs> just haven't done it yet. But yeah, I know I need to see them. You need to at least see the first. Well, I will get there eventually. Uh, so yeah, so we see it shake on the SGC side, mm-hmm. uh, which obviously means that resetting it did help, mm-hmm. because the first time she dialed through, we didn't even get that much. Nope. Uh, at that point, again, it doesn't connect through, though, and mm-hmm. she doesn't understand what's going on, because she didn't see what happened over at the SGC. So she, you know, flips out again. She's like, damn it, you know? Reaction better than I would if I would have started kicking shit. Like, yeah. oh, fucking shit, why are you fucking working with shit? <laughs> and at this point, Jack insists on plan B. Mm-hmm. He's like, you need to get out of there. You've tried everything you can with the DHD. It's time for you to get out of here so that you don't freeze to death with me. Yep. It's like, bitch, I'm dead. Mm-hmm. I am a walking corpse. You need to go. And she fu- she fights with him for a little while, but she finally agrees. He finally gets to her, her to agree. Because she's not an unreasonable person. She's just... All of us, she want are very close to each other. It'd be hard to get any of them to agree. I get it. I 100% mm-hmm. support her decision to be the compassionate person yeah. first and then come to her senses. Absolutely. Like, she's not dumb. Mm-mm. Um, so back at SGC, Daniel <laughs> figures out there's another Earth Gate. So, so he figures out there's another Earth Gate. Um, oh, well, this is the scene where he says, this is the one you have a problem with. This is the one we were talking about earlier, where he turns to Teal and says, hey, would the gold have brought a second gate to Earth? And Teal says, like, if, if the, the first, first one, one was lost to them. Yeah. He specifically says if the first one was yeah. lost to yeah. them. To which annoys, I just realized another detail of why it's really annoying. The whole thing is that the reason why that re- the Earth was left alone was because the revolt happened, right? So the gate was lost to the gold. The gate was lost to them, therefore they decided it wasn't worth it to come back. Uh, it was and lost it. 
it was lost to Raw specifically at that I point. Guess, it was only one yeah. gold. All it right, wasn't the right, system all right. Wars. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. That's a good point. I guess, I guess that one tiny flaw I have with the argument isn't valid. <laughs> all the rest stand. <laughs> yeah, we already, we already talked about exactly. this. Gonna, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying, like, oh, fine, that one I'll so, give you. Um, then they figure out, okay, this is a real possibility that there's a second gate. And between... Yeah. And also, we only have five minutes left in the episode, so you just best work. <laughs> so between Daniel and Hammond, they figure out, because uh, Daniel points out that it, it was shaking in this room, and Hammond figures out we can search for recent seismic activity that matched the time. Yeah. I will give it that, because fuck it. And I'm also not a seismologist, and I don't know all the facts. Mm-hmm. So this could be an incorrect statement, but I've also definitely heard that there's a shit ton of almost constant seismic activity going on somewhere in the planet. Oh, yeah, no, that's why I specifically said... At any given time. No, I know, I'm but that's why I made a point. Like, but, what I figured they had to do was literally pinpoint exactly when I it happened guess. and exactly when it stopped. As yeah, long as they sure, made sure that that, that seismic frame, activity yeah. was no, happening only sense. in sure. that time frame... Then it fits. I just no. I as soon as no. you were talking, I'm like, yeah. There's always seismic yeah. act- activity happening in the my world. My only real complaint here is my my finish thought was I just would have been happier if they had like three possibilities <laughs> instead of immediately going must be here in Antarctica. Yeah. No, that's fair. Big red arrow, McMurdo. Seriously, big red arrow to McMurdo because it could have been like Karachi, mm-hmm. McMurdo, maybe Australia, and that's where they go in and like narrow in and go okay. When did it start? When did it stop? Exactly. But they didn't have much time left. I get that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I get I'm a bit happier, but I get it. Because yeah. your time frame thing 100% makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it's, it really is just fine. But it just amuses me that they didn't even try to... Pretty much all of your issues with this episode, which, granted, they're all small issues mm-hmm. anyway, but all of your issues with this could be resolved with 10 extra minutes of footage. Yeah. Honestly, hell, two options. It could have been, like, like example, McMurdo and Australia, to which... So they, they could have immediately dismissed, like, with 30 seconds of, oh, yeah, but the volcano is going mm-hmm. off there, so that's clearly because of that. So it's this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but, so they, from doing that, they figure out, oh, that while they're searching for the seismic activity, Daniel decides to explain his theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the great scene where his, his example of explaining this theory is he turns to Teal'c behind him and says, what happens when you dial your own phone number? And Teal'c no, just stares at him for a second, and then Daniel corrects himself and goes, wrong person to ask. Turns to Hammond. <laughs> Turns to, actually I think it was Silaric, because I think well, Hammond, Hammond went off. They're both there. I think Hammond went no, off he was to still, prove the seismic activity. Yeah, he, wasn't, he wasn't there yet. I mean, he had not yet. He was still there. Okay. Uh, but then turns to them and says, what? And then he repeats it. And they're like, you get a busy signal. And he's like, yes. And he so basically explains that that's why, that's why it shook. They tried to dial home, but got a busy signal. That was their busy signal. Yeah. Eh, eh, and it's eh, also eh, why eh. when the gate overloaded, they just got sent to another gate on Earth. Mm-hmm. No, it 100% makes, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Within the frame of the sci-fi. Yeah, hell yeah. So, uh, and then at that point, oh no, no, sorry. And then we get to uh, Samian, who has decided to start climbing up. And she gets out through the hole that we got framed in that first shot. And she gets out, and she stands up, and she is like in a barren ice wasteland. There is no sign of civilization or anybody she could, like, wave down. So, like, plan B is fucked. I've been to the Coast Mountains exactly once, and I remember them, I remember going, oh shit, this looks like an Iceland mm-hmm. kind of thing. And granted, to which everyone around me went, no, this, that, this doesn't look like anything like mm-hmm. Iceland. Then obviously, like, you know, the post-production, obviously, like, they covered up the mountains part. Yeah. But I remember as a kid being 
because I've been like in Mount Hood and Mount yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, the Coast Mountains are very, very much north, much more north than that. So it is icy and snowy as shit, mm-hmm. and it has like that quality yeah. to it. Fuzzy memory, but this really kind of brings it back for me. So I like how they flew her, them to the Coast oh, yeah. Mountains to film to this get shot. That feeling, yeah, and I, I love it. It's a it legit feeling. Mm-hmm. And uh, she goes, oh. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. So she well, climbs back down. Yeah. Uh, slips down the rest of the way. Not the fun side you want. No. Uh, Although it does bring me to my ice age. <laughs> and basically tells Jack, hey, there's no way I can get out. So she basically decides, okay, well, I tried to dial home. That didn't work. I climbed up. There's no way out that way. So I guess we're just going to lay here and die together. Yep. But she, like, cuddles in. and She's gonna, just, I'm gonna die anyway. I might as well die with yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. And she's and it seems like she's at peace with it at least. Like yeah. they both tried what they to do what they could. Mm-hmm. They they've done everything they can. They did their best with what they had. Mm-hmm. And then we cut back to SGC where they have pinpointed the seismic activity to McMurdo. And there's a great little moment again where Teal and Daniel at the same time start to be like, um, "Sir, I request permission." And, and then in the middle of that, he goes. Granted. Off, granted. And like, he literally does a hand movement too. Just granted. He doesn't let them finish acting. And he's slap. like, obviously, go, go. <laughs> like, no fucking shit, go. <laughs> and basically, um, so, so, you know, Sam started to fall asleep with Jack. So their arrival is just kind of like in a lot of like hazy. Yeah, the whole hypothermia thing. It's really well thing. shot. Yeah. And like, and then the next real clear shot we get is when she's all wrapped up in the yeah. blankets and everything, and is starting to wake up. A little, a little less disoriented. Yeah, and and uh, Daniel and Teal basically explain, "Hey, we found you." Um, and she sees Hammond there because Hammond came along, and she's like, "General, you went through the gate." And he's like, "Not exactly." <laughs> I thought you hadn't been through the gate yet, and she's like, "Oh, you did it for some just for us." Oh, and he's like, "Okay, I can't take this from her." But also, not exactly. <laughs> I did, however, fly to Antarctica for you, mm-hmm. so. North. But then, like, uh, they reassure her that Jack's going to be okay. I lost my my brain. From my, I lost the difference between the North and South Pole. <laughs> it took a sec. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they reassure her that Jack's going to be okay. They've got all the rescue teams in. Um, and then they're all loading everyone out. But then it, like, goes from Hammond. To pan back over to the gate. Oh, uh, Hammond tells, like, other background people, hey, get this place secured. And then it pans from that over to the gate, and it just lingers on the gate, Mm. and that's our closing shot. Like, Hammond's saying, get this place secured, and then look, we have a second gate. Look at all the stories that might come uh-huh. next. Hey guys, look at this gate to the possibilities. <laughs> wink, wink. Good shit. <laughs> yeah? Just a really freaking strong episode. It's a good episode. I love it. That's this episode. Nobody died. Nobody Jack died. tried real hard. He did his best. With what he had. Wait, you don't even get to be a shithead. Nobody, Nobody died. died. <laughs> Nobody fucking died. The second mouth died. No, we don't. We yeah, don't know. He got that. shot to shit. He got shot to shit. We know the camera died. That's all. Think about. They were shooting like fucking the um, mouth camera. They were stormtroopers. The crap. Yeah, out I was of gonna that. say yeah. they were. They were shooting like stormtroopers. We don't know that the second mouth died. The stormtroopers' greater dignity suffered another blow today. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, no one died. Not even a little bit. Mm-hmm. So no one died. Uh, let's do the Jack and Daniel last because I don't know yet. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Two thumbs up. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Well thumbs named. Thumbs up all the way around. Well done. Well directed. Well written. Well acted. Yeah, even the name. Has the atmosphere of the episode. Oh, Solitudes. Yeah. It makes you think of the whole atmosphere of the episode. 
It is an atmospheric as fuck mm-hmm. episode. It's real good. Just good writing, good directing, good acting. Just so good all the way around. <laughs> so, do you know if you're Jack or Daniel? I'm Daniel. There was like three or four times that I had a thing I, I said where he literally just went ahead and did it. <laughs> well, it's because like he's he's playing the pragmatic optimist in this mm-hmm. one. And on a good day, that's where I try to be. Especially when somebody like when I point something out, somebody goes, well, you're telling me how I should do this. I'm like, well, yeah, it's better than the other option. It's yeah. better than we had before. Like when, you know, Hammond, for example, my strongest argument for that is when Hammond says, you want us to search all these plants? And, and Dale's like, yeah, it's better than the millions we had before. Oh, no, it's 50 planets. Mm-hmm. Not fifty million. Get over yourself, Jesus. <laughs> That's my thing. It's better than it was. All right. Yeah. Like the only reason I was going, hmm, am I Jack or Daniel? Is because like this was actually a pretty muted episode for Daniel. Probably because he was still had head trauma. But <laughs> but like usually we get like much more extreme portrayals oh, yeah. of either Jack or Daniel. So like there were parts of either that I agreed with. Like, I 100% agreed with um, Jack's whole Plan B thing. Mm-hmm. But I think that's about the only thing I, I yeah, really... Yeah, I'm definitely not Jack, because if I was hurt to that degree, I would not... I, I'm, I'm just not dumb enough to be crawling around yeah, with broken fucking same. ribs. That's true. I wouldn't... Yeah, I... Let's, let's, let's say I wasn't that similar to Daniel. Just with the at least broken I'm not leg. I would have been like, you got it, you got it, cool. I'll cook down here, it's fine. Yeah, it's like, hey, I don't want to not help. It's just that I have broken ribs and don't want to die so yeah with that in mind and also i definitely you putting the words pragmatic optimist optimist yeah absolutely 100 about daniels yeah it's i need to be not for myself but for others Mm -hmm. therefore pragmatic optimist i always like to um i've never used the term pragmatic optimist myself i always like to say i want to believe the best yeah I've given up on that in life, but when it comes to this kind of situation, I would. Well, that's why I pose. I want to. Yeah, it's any situation <laughs> like where I'm trying to make things sound better, mm-hmm. and they're not just sounding better. They actually like I'm trying to point out that this is better than it was. And somebody goes, "Wait, so you expect this?" I'm like, "Yes." Oh man. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, uh, that's it for this week. Yeah. Okay. I'm scared now. What? <laughs> Next week, episode nineteen. Okay. There, but for the grace of God. Yep. <laughs> oh gosh, this is the home stretch. Yeah, what was that third to last? Yeah, and then the second to last is garbage. What was it called? Politics. Yeah, politics and garbage. Yeah. Oh shit, that's the penultimate episode. Yes. Wow. I know. Somebody it's bad. Up. It's bad. But there, but for the grace of God, is not bad. Well, it's a great. I mean, it's a great reference. Obviously, there, there, but for the grace of God, go I. Yeah. I, mean, I know that, but yeah. I can never remember the context of it. Between oh, it's John Bradford. I did not know that. Yeah, that's gonna be the episode we watch next week or the week after. <laughs> we're still, uh, we're still working out. We're still working out between uh, school and work. If we're gonna be able to go back to every week, or if it's gonna continue to be every other week for a little while. Uh, I did come up with a solution for the weeks when we can't get mm-hmm. out, Which but good it'll one. take a little while to get that instrumented. So we'll so see what happens. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, it's, it'll never be more than a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, we have lives. Yeah. And unfortunately, Constant. let's say, like, this show becomes successful someday to the point, like, we get, let's say we get to, like, uh, like, people on Dirt League levels where we can actually, like, you know, have, like, a full-on Patreon and people, like, want us to do this stuff and, like, give us ideas to do and 
then I could afford to not work 48 hours a week. <laughs> exactly. Like, there's that whole, like, this is more of like a second job type thing, and that, where I could devote all of our time to it kind of it's thing. It's a second job that I'm paying money for. <laughs> exactly. The whole thing is, it's not hobby level this anymore, This is not though. us complaining. No. We love doing this. Yeah. We were doing it when the only people downloading this were me and you. <laughs> To, like, test that it was going through the... Yeah, it's like, how many downloads were there? Four. Okay, I was one of those. I was there three. Cool, all right. <laughs> but, like, so we love doing this, and honestly, I've seen the uh, recent uptick in downloads, and I'm excited by that. I was pleasantly surprised by that. Yeah. Jeez. <sighs> but, like, so. I was expecting it to at least take, like, mid-season two. Minimum. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so, like, we love this. I got hired into management for my job, so my learning curve was gigantic. I still spend so much time on my off time just reading up on shit, trying to get, like, I get tired. <laughs> Whereas I'm doing uh, everything and a half credits at school everything. right now. Translation, Mel doesn't sleep. <laughs> no, I don't. I bitch about my workload and everything. I still sleep eight hours, you know? Oh, goodness, I, I don't remember what that's like. My body doesn't Ugh. know what it means anymore. I mean, I, I've been, I did that once upon a time. I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. It's not, so, yeah. not great. No, I don't need that. <laughs> the whole point of this is, if it's not next week, it'll be the week after that. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, that'll be, there, there but for the grace of God, the uh, third to last episode of season one. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be great. Yep, it's going to be great, as I spill my soda. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be great. So, uh, until then... If you want to get a hold of us, you can find me on Twitter at It's Mel Not Liss, or Liss at It's Liss Not Mel, or our podcast Twitter, Point of Origin PC. Uh, you can also email us at pointoforigincast at gmail.com, or you can write something on the side of Tissue Box and toss it through the nearest wormhole. As usual, you can find links to things we talked about during the show in the show notes. And if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you for joining us on this week's Incursion Through the Iris, and until next time.